0: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Kodacast. My name is Brian Bermudez, and I'm the host of the Craft of the Air Podcast, the Aviation Podcast that expands your knowledge in each episode, bringing you the untold world of aviation and as you guys see, I am joined again by one of my very memorable, very special guests, Mohammed Kasim Mo. Thank you so much for for taking the time out of your day and coming back onto another episode of the Kodacast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So, Mo, you know, so so many things have happened since the last time. We we know we dive right into it. Today's episode is highlighting some changes in aviation maintenance coming from the curriculum, the schools, the testing, and out there, what we see in the news. So many changes, and Mo has some really unique insights and perspectives. Um, You know, first and foremost, Mo, you are a, a certificated airframe technician. Congratulations, first and foremost. So, so tell us a tell us a little bit about the test. I know there's so many viewers, so many listeners that are watching this, and they're like, "Oh, he is one of the guys that actually made it through that first one of the critical tests: the written, orals, practicals." Tell me about it, man. Tell me everything about it. How was it? How long did it take? What What's different about the test?
1: Well. Uh, not too much changed. They they removed some sections and added some sections. Uh, the test changed a little because now with every practical comes two questions, and uh, apparently, even if you get one question wrong, you fill the entire practical. So um, I didn't know that till I stepped into the test, and I actually experienced it myself. But... Um, Yeah, they changed a couple, uh, they, they removed some sections, added some sections, um, like water and waste is new and welding they removed. So that's,
0: that's interesting, you know, for, for people that are listening or watching and are not familiar with the test, you know, in the past, this was an exam that for the practicals, you know, it was, it was, it was not, it was not that way with the two attempts as Mo just mentioned. Exactly. So three, th- three attempts. Three attempts. Yeah. It's it's so it, it you know compared to the, the the format that we saw previously and compared to what you experienced firsthand, Mo, how would you say that test differs? Would you say that it puts a little bit more pressure on the student?
1: It puts a little more pressure, but you need to know how to open the textbooks and use the reference. You know, so. Um, a lot of times, students, you know, skip right through the table of contents, yeah. but that's exactly where you to find where, what you need. You know, sometimes you think it's under this section, and uh, you know, it might be. Uh, you think it's under landing gear, for example, but it, it, it's not. It's under, I don't know, something else. Yeah. sheet <laughs> metal process. I don't know.
0: It's it's you know, they, there's a lot of textbooks, a lot of chapters, a lot of subjects to be studying through. And Mo brings a, a great point. You know, the FA is kind of making it to the point where students have to understand this information in order to, you know, get it done in the That's exam.
1: Fine. It's more in important the, to, to understand how to find it rather than rather than rather than knowing mm. the information specifically because now they're giving you the reference for for for. I mean, you still have the orals where you have to study. Yeah. But but um certain questions like you, you just need the reference for, you know what I mean? The textbooks to open it. So, and that's all provided, you know, during yeah. the test.
0: So it was, you know, that, that, that attempt that you did to get your airframe license. How long did that take? I know a lot of students will always ask, you, I know you, they probably been asking you in the hallways all over the campus, but how long did it take from the beginning to end to actually pass and receive that A license?
1: I had previously taken um, the, the oral and practical and I, I spoke to you in the last podcast about it how I passed the entire oral section and then I passed the practicals for the general. So uh, when I retook it, I had to only take the practicals for the airframe portion. And that alone took as long as the the, the, the test prior to the change. So. So it, it took about twelve hours this time, this go around. But um, I say it took around the same amount of time as as getting my general oral done and my general mm. practical, as long uh, along with my airframe oral. So just the practical by itself, it's a little. I say it's a little more lengthy now. You know.
0: That's it. In, that's interesting. That's the first time that I that I've heard that. And and for those listening and 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 watching that are not familiar with with the licenses, you know he's you know most speaking about one license and a, um, not not even the P and this is a twelve hour exam this practical that they're having that they're having you do. Walk me through a couple of practicals that were kind of easy that they kind of gave you. Like oh, students will always ask, well. Okay, we know the written, right? We take that on a on a computer. We know the we know the oral, as you just say. You kind of have to speak to the DME. But on that practical, like, what did they have you do? Were you actually on a plane, or were you actually just doing mock-ups?
1: It depends. It, it depended, you know. Um, there were certain jobs that could only be done on the plane, and then there's certain jobs that only could be done off the plane. You know, uh, they're not gonna make me go and take out wiring from mm-hmm. inside the aircraft but um one of the easiest practicals i had was to um to, to, to cut off a terminal end of a wire and splice on a new one yeah. but i think i actually ended up failing that practical because i uh, i answered one of the questions wrong out of the two pr- uh, questions that come with the practical mm. so that was that was when i found out like oh i can't i can't get a question wrong on the, the two questions that they give you
0: that's interesting that you bringing that up mo because now this is a new format everything is new they've changed the curriculum in part 147 uh maintenance schools the testing has now been changed mo experienced it firsthand it how was the transition into this new curriculum were you given any like notices advanced notices or was that the first time during the test that you learned oh this is the new format
1: i kind of had some insight but it was mostly rumors like it was no like mm. published data you know t- saying this and that change no it was what that guy said and that guy said you know so it was a lot of um you know, asking people how, how, how it was for them, and and trying to, you know, uh, set—I don't know how to say it—but um, give them a good
0: a good stepping stone for studying.
1: Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah.
0: Okay. It, it it makes sense, you know, and everybody always wants to, you know, find out what what's around the corner you know do you think that the FAA could have could have done a better job at kind of you know notifying the students or kind of giving you guys a little bit more reference or heads up on that on that or planning wise
1: definitely definitely and yeah. um it's weird to me how they changed the curriculum but uh the textbooks are still not updated and yeah they still include welding and that's
0: sandwich. a good point
1: Certain things that we that are they're new into the curriculum aren't even in there, and that goes with a lot of the books. I checked the FAA website, and that was straight on the FAA website. It's not updated there. And then my friend, one of my friends, just got the ASA test guides, the Dale Crane, and I checked those out too, and they're not updated either. So it's, it's just crazy to me how you change the whole curriculum and. Forget the textbooks. <laughs> it's very
0: <laughs> it's very interesting that there's so many like it, like the the, the the word on the campus or the, the big question on the campus is where are the questions coming from? Yes, we, you know, it's not oh, I understand some students want, you know, the answers and they want to study word for word the answers, but there are a lot of students like Mo that you you need to study guys so you can know what to study for.
1: Yes, right? Sir. Yes, sir. And
0: so it, it it makes it kind of difficult. I've heard, I I think, in my opinion, I think Dauntless has been kind of the the most effective study guide. I think ASA hasn't really been updated. has it I mean,
1: been updated.
0: I would say general, but only a couple of different a couple of different subjects. And I think one of the subjects that needs updating is you know M- M- Mo and I spoke about this previously. You and I have spoke about this separately on campus together. One of the biggest topics is publications.
1: Yes, sir. sir, You know?
0: How was that for you on the exam, by the way? Publications and logbooks and forms?
1: Publications, I mean, it it branches off into every other section. So, Mm. like, um, you're doing a 100-hour inspection. It might be on the landing gear, but you need to know how to find that 100-hour inspection. and You need to know how to fill out the logbook after after complying with it so publications goes very deep uh, the the way i see it and it's one of the most important classes yeah
0: that's that's well said i i agree with what mo says there you know it's it's like and, and you said it before you know you we're not expected to memorize how to do everything on an aircraft because that's impossible there's people that work on an airplane for 30 years and they still learn things you know every day yes, but right. we we must know how to locate the information so we can make the aircraft safe that's yes. the only way yes. how do we know that we change the tire tonight and that torque value doesn't change you know we've done it a million times but this one time boeing has changed something so mo you know that's that's a great point and for the students that are watching or listening Take take note of that. Publications is a big topic.
1: Yeah, having having the knowledge of how to navigate the manuals is extremely important.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It's Let specific. me ask you. Yeah. No, go ahead, Mo.
1: I was saying, especially out on the field, you're gonna be lost if you don't know how to.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, you you're standing in front of a you know three hundred million dollar airplane, and you don't know how to find you. You won't even be able. You won't even you won't be able to find the access panel for what you're doing yeah, if you know. don't know how to read a manual. You know, it's, it's so true. Um, so, you know, I was looking at something, speaking about the test, and this is it's kind of separately. I just thought of this, but I was, I was looking at a report, and it's kind of this report, Mo, that it kind of it summarizes all the aviation maintenance schools and around the country, and it breaks it up by subject. And it gives us a grade by how many students are passing that subject in the written, orals, and practicals. So it's kind of a, a gauge of how the whole country is doing, all the students. And one that I saw pretty low was maintenance and publications and basic aircraft electrical systems. How are you with electricity? I remember you in my class. I remember you understanding it pretty well. But I know, and you know firsthand a lot of your classmates, electricity is pretty difficult to grasp, is it not?
1: It is. It is. It definitely is. And uh, I had a couple go arounds with electricity because I took it in high school. Mm-hmm. First time around, it was it was gibberish to me, and I was not paying attention, just copying off the next person. But when I came back, when I came back and took it in college, I was forced to understand it myself because a lot of the other students were lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I had to practice and study and. But one thing I can say is uh, be, be consistent with your math and write everything out so, so when it comes to electricity because at the end of the day, it's all math and um, I like to, I studied with my, a couple of my friends, helped them out with uh, their tests and yesterday I was helping a get out with uh, electricity and he's doing the work, he's doing it perfectly fine, he, he shows me the answers, the answers are all there, but one of the questions was like, basically he he found the total ohms or something like that mm-hmm. and he he distributed it to the whole to the whole circuit after he rounded it and i, I explained to him how the teacher might want you to round it and might not want you that's something you got to go up to the teacher and talk about cuz you know what i mean sometimes that's that's what you lose that silly one or two points for you know what i mean
0: yeah exactly yeah. you know yeah. that's interesting and i and i see you and it makes me smile too you know as Mo says that cuz i remember you know, back when Mo was a freshman, and now you know his classmates look for him for help. You know, and and he's he's able to explain these things and and kind of pass that knowledge. You know, hopefully, like I always joke, Mo, maybe sometime in the future you come back to Vong, and maybe teach a class for us. That w- that would be good. For sure. But um, so now, you know, get mo- moving on. I know you're graduating. You know, at the end of next semester, this right? Month. This this semester, Damn yes, it, you know, it goes by so quick, man. It's just it's unbelievable, yes, and you're getting ready to graduate, so you're you're preparing for the P's now, to yes, be an A.M.P. How do you have your have your study habits change a bit, or are you kind of doing like the same things, same same study habits, or you're changing it up for the P?
1: Honestly, right now, I'm I'm more focused on the class, the classes oh. I'm taking, which are PowerPoint classes, but um. I haven't really been doing studying on my own at home. Like when 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 it come, when, come, when time comes, I will go and do some practical practice that which which like I lacked on the last go around and which caused me to have to retake it. The airframe for the power plant, I do I do plan on doing a lot more practical practice. And um, as of the orals and rins, uh, I plan to study the same way, you know, same books maybe, maybe, unless they update them, <laughs> 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 but, but I mean, I haven't really heard of any changes in power plants, so uh, I guess I'll stick with the same books for now, you know.
0: Let me ask you a question. Being a senior now, getting ready to graduate and getting to the last power plant classes, probably the what we would think as the most difficult classes in the beginning, how would you compare them to your expectations as a freshman? Like has it become like very easy for you to study? Has have you have you have you just become so accustomed to everything in college life that it's very easy, or have these classes been like keeping you on your toes?
1: No, they're very they're very exciting, and I'm learning something new every day. But you know, the laws of physics stay the same. Uh, you know, uh, electricity stays the same. All of that stays the same. So it it kind of helps knowing that. I did my first year studying, you know what I mean? So when I'm looking at something or, or the teacher's explaining something, uh, I kind of have a better understanding because yeah. at the end of the day, it all relates, you know what I mean? From general to airplane and power plant, it all relates. That's
0: and all. That's, in, that's interesting that you say that because you put your work into that. You know, you said it firsthand when you got to, to college, you said, I'm not relying on anybody, I'm going to study this, I want to know how to do it myself. Yes, sir. And and that pays off now. You now you see that 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 paying off now as as a senior and getting towards the end. Now all this information is you know the basis of yes, everything. Sir. Yes, sir. You know, so that that's actually that's great. I I love that Mo brings that up because for everybody that watches or listens, that may be a freshman or, or thinking about coming into the program, those beginning classes. Make sure you don't just kick them aside. Pay attention to them. Do what you can because yeah, you see most most a product of that yes sir you know so yes. getting ready for graduation you know moving forward you, you're still thinking about staying you know working in the the tri-state area and doing like mainline to get some I experience on, in
1: i plan on beginning of, starting off here but okay i can't make any promises for the future's going
0: let me ask you this so now that you're an official engineer an airframe engineer we can say that now we could definitely say that now officially but now that you're officially in the club, what you know we see about the news and, and the shortage and everything, there's such a, a growing shortage. Why do you think that is? You know, think, and, and thinking back from your journey from the beginning to end and your classmates, I know a lot of them are not even in the program anymore. Some of them have dropped out. Some of them have decided to do other things. Why do you think there's, this shortage is not being filled? Is it because of the classes? Are they too hard?
1: I feel like there's, it's a little variation of everything, you know. So a lot of people, some people might find it difficult and uh, they they end up dropping out. Others might might have gotten laid off during COVID, you know what I mean, and yeah. decided never to come back. I know a couple of people that actually, uh, yeah, got laid off. COVID played a big part in this uh, deficit, I, I think it has to say.
0: Yeah, the people that you know that have were laid off in the aviation industry. I'm curious, did they ever go back?
1: Some went back, some didn't. Some went hmm. back to a different company. Some, you know, I know a couple people.
0: Yeah. When when you think when you think about COVID and and every that that impact that it had on aviation, it was far worse than 911 and that impact. Does that ever concern you? You know, that's that's going to be your career now. That's something that you that you you know. Maybe make a family, and you got to support your family on the, on aviation. Does that concern you? The the instability that that aviation can sometimes you
1: know be. I mean, that's a rare, very rare occasion. I, I doubt we're mm-hmm. gonna have another, you know, COVID. pandemic. <laughs> so uh, that's a good point. After, I see it very stable as a very stable industry, and after how many years, that was the only thing that was. Uh, that was the the only situation where where it was the downfall, of the industry. You know what I mean?
0: That's a good point. So, yeah,
1: it's been and how many years prior to that we haven't had an issue?
0: Eleven? Yeah, you know that's a good point actually because so many people. You know I remember in the in the midst of the of the pandemic mo, I would walk into Vong. I'm not even gonna say his name. Some like old time AMPs, They would be saying, "Oh, this is it." This is the end for everybody. This is never... We're never going to recover from this. And I was like, are you sure about that? Like, <laughs> we recovered from 9-11. And every, all the old-timers were like... They were acting like this is like the worst thing that ever happened. Uh, <laughs> but like we had to... Re- like it's aviation. People yeah, have to everybody, fly.
1: Uh, everybody flies. Everybody flies. And nobody will stop.
0: You're No one's you know going to stop. It doesn't matter how much the, price, the ticket price is. Yeah. That people are still going to pay it. And you still need human mechanics to fix the planes. Yeah so it doesn't it doesn't you know that brings me into something something else that I wanted to ask you about. So we go into like you know aviation and AI is everywhere now. And we speak about AI and aviation maintenance, you know it can be smart for software, but could you ever see it kind of taking over our jobs, maybe for non destructive testing or for anything like that.
1: <laughs> no. Maybe non-destructive tests, but st- still, in that case, I don't know. Like I, I feel safer with a human checking out the parts. You know what I mean? That's personally me. I,
0: I yeah, I gotta agree with Mo. I mean, if I'm getting on the plane with my family, I'm not trusting a robot. Yeah. How do you know that he actually checked it? You you, I I know Mo checked it. He's a human. He has to sign his name on it. That's an interesting point. When you think about that, you think that. The, the mechanic shortage has reached a critical point, or do you feel like you've been in the campus, do you feel like more people are enrolling, becoming more attracted to it?
1: A lot more. A lot more people are coming yeah in. Yes, sir.
0: When, what were you going to
1: say? I said we're getting uh, new pool tables and foosball tables. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: they literally constructed it I, at live during the day while the students were around it. They were reconstructing the pool table. Do you see that? Yeah. The, the i wanted to I wanted to bring this up i forgot I forgot to bring this up yesterday, but when I was gonna say we have this shortage for mechanics, right, and we know that mechanics is is kind of the less desirable job when you compare a pilot to a mechanic, you know everybody glorifies pilots, commercial pilots, you know what do you think could or must change for aviation maintenance? to attract people to, to what we do, like the way pilots are. Do you think we can ever be perceived as that, as a, a cool position or something like that?
1: I think as long as the pilot sits in that cockpit, um, mm. you know, there's, there's no there's no comparing a mechanic to a cockpit, you know what I mean? I mean, a, a, a pilot.
0: <laughs> I get what you're saying. That's a good point.
1: Yeah, everybody will always glorify the, the driver rather than the mechanic of the car. Yes, know. sir. Yes,
0: sir. That's a good point. So what Mo is saying is that let the AI take over the pilot's job and put (laughs) an A.M.P. in the cockpit, because at least we know how to fix it. We can be in there and we can fix anything, right? (laughs) I that's a great take on it, Mo. I I actually I, I didn't even think about that. But when we think about that shortage, staying on that, you know, I read an article in Aviation General News that female mechanics make up only 3% of aviation maintenance mechanics in the United States. Do you see that changing in the future?
1: For sure. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. I'm seeing it firsthand. The past semester, there's been a great increase of how many females there are in the building.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And a lot of them are very driven. Like, a lot of them will will study and a lot very very determined so that that is actually a good point you know we do have a lot of that what you know women currently represent only less than three percent of all aircraft maintenance mechanics and there's such a shortage as it is so that would always help to get more people um in there so you know we speak about that you know the shortage and everything there you you know going forward i know you're looking forward to a lot of things you know, but but do you but do you foresee yourself maybe enhancing your you know your resume by maybe adding like a private pilot's license to that or an IA?
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure, definitely, definitely. I definitely want to get my private pilot, and uh, I'm open to getting my IA, but I don't hear too much about it. You know, maybe it so, could
0: become a DME.
1: Uh, yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. With the IA, now. No,
0: no, I'm saying you could become a DME one day.
1: Yeah. What do you, Come you need to more? be a, what do you need to be a DME?
0: I mean, I I think it takes some time. I think you need the yeah. experience in there. I know I know the process, you know, I for thought I for, read for
1: somewhere that, I thought I read somewhere that you need 5 years experience.
0: I believe so. I believe yeah. you're correct. And and I, and I believe the process it takes about a year like you have to go for a lot of uh interviews or or things for in Oklahoma with the FAA. And things like that. So it's an interesting process. I think that, I think a lot of people usually are associated with a company when they go for the DME, or some some sponsorship, you know. But um, yeah. I mean, it's always. I mean, there's so there's so many opportunities out there in aviation, aviation maintenance, um, you know, aviation in general. Is you know, speaking on aviation maintenance, was there? I meant to ask you this. Was there specific? field of aviation maintenance that you wanted to specialize in kind of home in on i know that you're really good with electricity i know that you've been good at sheet metal i see the diagram in the background but any specific uh field that you wanted to go in in?
1: uh i'd love to do electrical you know um i could do some sheet metal too i'd love to do that but personally on my own personal note i'd like to i'd like to open an overhaul station which i spoke a little bit about and uh yeah the, i heard there's a lot of there's a there's a big deficit on that right now so every plane needs to get overhauled so
0: mo it's, it's literally pilots private pilots are literally waiting months to have their planes fixed at these regional airports there's no you know the airlines are at a shortage let alone people you know just normal guys that are trying to get their planes fixed to fly around for fun or or with their family there's months for waiting and another another problem with that mo is is the parts parts can be found Mm. did you watch my episode mo you could you, you don't have to lie did you watch my episode on the counterfeit parts
1: i saw the real you posted on instagram okay
0: what do you let me ask you about that what do you think about that in aviation you're about to come into it firsthand brand new mechanic and 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 you have a supervisor saying, Mo, you got to sign that plane off. That plane is, is leaving to the Cayman Islands in the morning. And you don't know if that part is, it, you suspect that part is counterfeit. Does that worry you?
1: I definitely What If that part is counterfeit and it fails in flight and even the simplest of damages to the aircraft. Not, not even saying a life was lost, you know what I mean? That, that could cost you as a mechanic, you know, a lot. And to the the, the airport, I mean, uh, the airline won't want to lose any money, so they're just going to say that, you know, they're not going to say anything about that part. That part is not going to come up. And you might end up doing some time in in prison or something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You know. (laughs) You know, you're exactly what Mo's saying is exactly right. This is exactly what happens there. That part, I'm sure that's not even in the news. The mechanic is fired. You know, it's, it's, it's you because it was your signature and that is concerning. You know, that's, that's, it's something that, that it's, it's concerning, you know, hopefully, you know, Mo is, is the type that he pays attention to detail, but there are mechanics out there that are, that are not so attentive. And so that's where we worry about, you know, because aviation is our families, you know, um, when you think about, you know, your your journey from from the beginning and getting towards the end now in college do you feel like do you feel like you learned everything that you that you think you should have to to prepare you to go out there and stand in front of this plane and fix it
1: absolutely not no way <laughs> no way no way i learned there there a lot of information and you know that, you know, this is
0: that's okay because he's not supposed to feel that. They always say, even Mr. Kevin Kevin Wicks. Before I went out there, he said, "You never feel like you're 100 percent ready."
1: Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> but I don't, yeah, I feel like the only way to f- have that feeling or like rely on myself, you know, in a sense, is to 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 get some experience, you know, yeah. get my hands dirty, you know, and try it before and. Remember from the last time, I guess. Yeah, that's
0: that's why I like Mo right there because he's down to earth. He's being genuine, and a lot of people you don't want to work with a overconfident, cocky mechanic. The aviation maintenance is not the place for that. This it's not this is, you know, it's not a place for cockiness. You know, you have to as 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 Mo just said, be able to adapt, learn, and, and do it in the right way, a safe way, so yes. to say you know what what it, you know moving forward what excites you the most about graduation the licenses the airlines what are you looking most forward to are you just looking to maybe take a week off for once have a week off and just take a little bit of a break
1: no this is this is the break right now <laughs> once i get my license is no breaks <laughs>
0: you would literally it, it, people watch and listen you literally won't sleep that's the end of like your normal like I go to sleep at this time and I wake up at that time
1: that's it I'm only I'm only sleeping on flights <laughs> <laughs> at least
0: at least take advantage of the flight benefits and then sleep on the flights going on to like a tropical island or
1: something <laughs> right
0: does your fa- does your family remind you about that? They're like, he's getting close to graduating. You know, when you graduate, you get out. We're gonna go over here. We want to fly over mm-hmm. here. Yeah,
1: they, they just want to go back home to the country. Yeah,
0: man. All right, Bo, well, Listen, I, I know I, I really appreciate you taking the time out at the campus. I know Mo's on the campus today, working very, very hard. Um, Mo, anything else you wanted to to, to say on this episode of CodyCast? Speak about change.
1: Speak about change. Um, maybe, maybe for the next podcast we'll talk about it.
0: We have well, we have that other topic. We'll talk about that the next podcast. Yes. You guys will have to stay tuned for that. Mo, thank you so much for being on this episode of the Kodacast, man. Thank you, and and again, congratulations, Mo, for 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 this great accomplishment. I know that you're gonna you're gonna get the P. And I know you're going to do amazing things out there, man.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Thanks,
0: man.